Karen Marsden handed Dixon a glass of water. He took a large swig. She then handed Dixon the telephone. Just hit the redial button, sir. John will answer. He was quite agitated when we spoke to him at 2.30am. And you've not spoken to him since then? No, sir. And there's been no movement in the house either, said Bateman. Dixon pressed the redial button and waited. Is it on speakerphone? asked Bateman. No, sir. You'll be able to... Dixon stopped mid-sentence. He shook his head to silence those in the room. Who is this? It's Nick Dixon, John. We met earlier. You took your time. How is everyone in there? Fine. They tell me you've got a gun. Yes. And you've used it. Subtitles. I can't stand films with fucking subtitles. Try changing the channel next time, said Dixon. Nat's had the gizmo. I'm guessing you want to talk about your brother, John. Yes. What makes you think he was murdered? Not on the phone. Well, I can't come in, so you'll have to come out. John Woodman rang off. That went well, said Bateman. It's a start, sir, said Dixon. If he doesn't ring me back, I'll try him again in five minutes. Dixon waited. Two minutes ticked by. Then the phone rang. Nick Dixon. What's going on? I'm waiting for the investigation file on Noel's death to arrive, John. Then I'm going to read it and we'll speak again. Good. Is everyone all right? Yes. Who have you got in there? My father, Nats, and the baby. Let me speak to your father. No. Natalie, then. She's here. Dixon heard John speaking in the background. He wants to speak to you. Natalie came on the line. Hello? Are you all right, Natalie? Yes. And your daughter? Yes. What's her name? Leanne. Where are you now? We're on the sofa in the living room. Leanne's asleep. And your father? He's on the floor in the hall. John hit him with... The phone was snatched from her grasp. Silence. John? Dixon waited. Look, John. My only concern is to get everyone out safely, including you. Have you looked out of the window recently? I can imagine. Good. Now what's happened to your father? Fuck him! It's all his fault anyway! Is he dead, John? No. Is he conscious? No. Karen Marsden passed Dixon a scribbled note. Hold on, John, said Dixon. Someone's passing me a note. I'll have to put the phone down for a second. He placed the phone on his knee and read the note. The file will be here in two minutes. I'm going to read it and then call you back. In the meantime, you check on your father, okay? Silence. I need to know he's still breathing. All right. Dixon rang off and turned to Chief Inspector Bateman. He's hit his father, I'm guessing, with the gun, and left him unconscious on the floor in the hall. Natalie and the baby are on the sofa in the living room. We need to get the father out, said Bateman. We do, replied Dixon. Any chance of a cup of tea? I'll go, said Jane. Dixon was reading the file by the time Jane returned with a mug of tea. He turned first to the post-mortem report.
prepared by Dr. James Davidson at Musgrove Park Hospital. The report catalogued multiple injuries, all of them consistent with Noel having been kicked by a horse, including a fractured skull, eye socket, jaw, and various ribs. The file also contained a bundle of photographs, which showed the imprint of a horseshoe, or shoes, on the body, and a bite mark consistent with Noel having been bitten by a horse. Next, Dixon flicked through the witness statements. The owner of the stables, Georgina Harcourt, and the racehorse trainer, Michael Hesp, had been interviewed, along with the groom who had found Noel's body, Kevin Tanner. All confirmed that Noel had been found in Westbrook Warriors' stable at approximately 5.30 a.m., when Kevin Tanner had raised the alarm. He had been found lying in the back corner behind Westbrook Warriors. The horse was described as a three-